are in a city for you podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for being enthusiastic about this podcast and wanting to be part of it. Yeah, no problem, Anastasia. Thank you for having me. It was nice to see you in the diversity panel in Armada. Now here. That's right. Yeah, it's a whole different environment, a whole different building, yeah. holds different set of questions. I think mm -hmm. uh, I'm excited. Let's see what let's see what happens. Yeah, and you told me that you've been to this building before. I have. So I've been to this building uh, 12 years ago, mm -hmm. around 12 years ago, and my wife was going to university here yeah. at KTH. Yeah, she was studying architecture, and I was yeah. just visiting. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, cool. so I used to wander around here. Yeah. If you want to introduce yourself in the beginning, and then I start asking you the formal questions about the city. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so hi, everybody. My name is Greg, uh, Greg Fernando, and I'm the founder of an organization called New to Sweden. And uh, New to Sweden works uh, to, to really help newcomers and immigrants integrate here into Swedish society, but more importantly, into the Swedish labor market. So we work a lot with newcomers and immigrants to sort of elevate their job profiles through LinkedIn mm -hmm. help, CV help, interview help, etc. Mm -hmm. But we also work with employers to try to get them to be more welcoming of people with diverse backgrounds. So we do a lot of workshops uh, with different companies uh, across Sweden, like uh, recently Vattenfall, SCB, Nordea, mm -hmm. Google, um, and a whole bunch of them. I think we worked with over 30 employers this year. Um, so we're a very young organization. We just launched at the end of last year, November mm -hmm. of last year. So I feel like we've grown a lot in the past yeah. year and it's really exciting to see what happens next year. Mm -hmm. Is it normally that companies ask you for these workshops or you reach out to them? It's a little bit of both, mm -hmm. actually. So, I mean, particularly in the beginning, we were reaching out, uh, completely trying mm -hmm. to, to offer, um, services in some sort of way and but now we're starting to be asked so it's kind of yeah so it's kind of cool um, but we'll see how the next year goes uh, you never know uh, these can go in ways but I think uh, it sounds very positive a lot of companies do want to move forward on these topics mm -hmm. of diversity particularly with ethnic and cultural diversity and that's where we specialize so yeah we'll start the questions and feel free to keep this diversity and inclusion thread. <laughs> let's see. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. Yeah, mm. we'll try. Let's yeah. let's see what happens. So, what is a city for you? Ah, good question. Um, if I had to define what a city is for me, then I would say it's definitely a community of people building something together. Um, so, I, I mean, I think we naturally think of cities with. In terms of infrastructure, in terms of buildings, in terms of lighting, mm -hmm. <laughs> in terms yeah. of all sorts of different things that are physically tangible. Uh, but I guess from my perspective, I'm more interested in the people aspect of it. Mm -hmm. uh, what different people from all over the world can bring together to try to work together for a common goal, for a common cause. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and see what they come up with, to be honest, in terms of innovation, in terms of what can be done. Um, I'm very partial to big cities. I'm a city boy. I grew up in mm. cities. I, I'm always going to be a city boy, I think. Um, and the main reason for that is because I just love uh, the food life <laughs> traditionally ah. in a city. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I, 
I am a restaurant goer and I will, I'll eat all sorts of different kinds of food and I'll try to find the best kinds. And that's what I mean by bringing people together, by building this community. I think that's kind of essential um, to build a different kind of culture. Mm -hmm. Is a different food scene in Stockholm as compared to Toronto? Of course. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so Stockholm has a pretty decent food scene. I have to say like, mm -hmm. okay. um, in, at least in terms of like, okay, if you're trying to find something that's really, uh, hmm, as something really delicious from a certain kind of nationality, most likely you can find it somewhere. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, the quality is quite high. But in mm. Toronto, it's just like you can find it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the quality may not be as great in terms of uh food quality i would have to say mm -hmm. depending on the restaurant you're at in toronto yeah. um but uh definitely the choice is there in toronto like you have i don't know how many different countries but pretty much every country in the world is represented in toronto in some mm -hmm. way um and you'll probably find restaurants uh to that effect as well you know there's yeah. not just one tibetan restaurant there's like 10 mm -hmm. you know that sort of thing so, so it's more accessible in that perspective yeah exactly yeah there's definitely plenty of restaurants plenty of choice yeah. and i think that's the beauty of a city as well mm -hmm. um if i had to have to say like okay what's the big positive to having a city mm. it's that choice it's it's the creation of choice that's available mm. to everybody yeah um yeah so restaurants for me for sure is is uh, a, a good example of that kind of choice but in you know with what i work with it's the diversity of the people as well as a good example of choice and mm -hmm. having choice to to mm -hmm. choose different kinds of cultures to to mingle with yeah but it's linked also if there are a lot of different people in the city then they would probably want to have different things and they can offer these different things exactly i was about to use i don't know where this is being broadcast but uh, i'll use a <laughs> yeah. swedish word but like precise you hit it right uh -huh. on the right on uh -huh. the head yeah. that's exactly it yeah yeah mm. What are you for the city? What am I for the city? Uh, it's, it's such introspective questions. You know? <laughs> uh, but I would say I'm just a piece. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, to be fair, I think everybody's just a piece. Uh, mm -hmm. We're all just, uh, I don't want to use the word cogs because that sounds like uh, demeaning, but like we're uh -huh. all cogs in the machine. We're all cogs, you know, little, yeah. little gears yeah. that, that mm -hmm. make the city turn. Yeah. Um, and I really do feel as if we're each. Uh, just a small part contributing to something bigger than what mm -hmm. we are mm -hmm. and I think that's who yeah that's who I am to the city and I imagine that's what everybody is to the city mm -hmm. uh, no matter how what you're doing or what your position is what your career is you are an equal piece to mm -hmm. to the to the society mm -hmm. and do you think it's linked to the city we're talking about or it's just for any city it's the same any city mm. yeah um i yeah i can't imagine any sort of community that operates in any sort of different mm. way I, i mean obviously there are in more authoritarian countries like someone might feel as if they're like a bigger part of the city and mm. you know uh, but i but i do feel uh, that especially in stockholm and mm -hmm. and in most countries like most social countries anyway mm. um you know everybody should have an equal piece to, to everything and that's what we work with too if i can tie yeah. that back in but like you know that's what new to sweden does is mm -hmm. that um you know we try to make sure everybody has an equal 
uh, rights to to everything that the city has to offer, mm-hmm. uh, including work. It's not fair, <laughs> to be honest. It's not mm. fair for somebody to have a much greater chance at getting something just because of where they were born or how they were raised. Mm. Um, it's just not a fair policy. Mm. Thank you for bringing it back in. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. yeah. How does artificial lighting of a night city affect you? So to be honest, I didn't mm-hmm. think too much about this one, but uh, but uh, yeah, so you got me. But um, <laughs> I would have to say, like this actually started bar- bothering me the other night. Um, yeah, so because I have children, I have young children. Uh, my wife and I don't go out so much anymore, mm-hmm. so we don't see, um, you know, we don't see really what happens at night, and we haven't yeah. done that for a long time until very recently, because of course winter's here, mm-hmm. so everything's a lot darker. Yeah. Um, so now we're going through like um i you know when we walk outside and we're going through uh, the city like i can just see that my night vision uh either has gotten worse or the lights are not luminous enough <laughs> like mm-hmm. they are not bright enough and there are many times like where i'm sympathizing with people older older than i am mm-hmm. because i'm like how are they possibly walking through the streets mm-hmm. the way they are yeah how are they possibly like i'm having trouble navigating Mm-hmm. Um, I can only imagine how somebody who's probably older and has, you know, poorer eyesight than I do mm-hmm. uh, is also navigating that same space. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there is a way to increase uh, the amount of illumination mm-hmm. in the city while still being environmentally friendly about it, and like maybe that's the perfect solution down the road, um, then I'm all for that. I think that would be perfect. Yeah. It doesn't have to be necessarily about increasing the brightness. Hmm. It could also be about decreasing the contrast. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you probably know more about lighting than I do, so... But the impression that you got is quite important. You felt like it was not light enough. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, that's exactly it. So, um, like you were saying earlier, like I mean, I don't know anything about the contrast. Mm. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that briefly for a second. It's just the way our eyes work, we see light in terms of contrast. So if something's very bright, then our eyes adjust. And what is next to it, if it's darker, we see it as right. darker. Yeah, okay, that, that part makes sense so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when we have a spotlight shining in your eye, and then it's dark around it, then you perceive everything around too dark. Okay. So yeah. often, if we decrease the amount of light in the street, then we can see better because there's less contrast, so you can allow your eyes to adjust to the darkness. Okay. So our eyes are very sensitive to low amounts of light, Mm -hmm. and we don't get to use that characteristic of our eyes if we get these dots, spots of light. So in your opinion, then, do you think it's better for the lights to be dimmer to to lessen the contrast? In general, I think it's difficult, like you said, to come up with a uniform solution for that. Yeah. I think it's tricky. But I think often... This could be an unintuitive way to solve it instead of just rising the. It could be. The maybe it's part of the greater strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for me, it's just uh, too dark. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is with Stockholm as well is that uh, I would say Stockholm's a very expansive city for the amount of people who live in it. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a large amount of space for a limited amount of people. Mm-hmm. So I can understand the reasoning that they can't light everything up. Mm. because it just doesn't make sense yeah um but 
I guess maybe I'm used to Toronto or, you know, like a, like a bigger city mm. where there's people everywhere all the time. Yeah. And then, you know, you're walking through the streets and you can see where you're going. <laughs> and it's, you know, provides us a feeling of safety too, I think. Okay. Most likely, you know, for people who feel more vulnerable, mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, yeah. it, it can help to have that light because mm. in Stockholm, it's like, it, it can be so dim in some places that I'm like, anything can happen in that particular corner, right? Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. and you don't know. But yeah, it's good you mentioned that. It's, it's linked very nicely with the previous episode that, I did with someone who was studying lighting design and they were discussing the same thing but from a different perspective. Okay, yeah. So yeah, that's very interesting to hear different approaches to that one. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I don't know enough about lighting but I can tell you, you as a it. user. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is mm. what I feel. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Cool. You mentioned in Toronto you felt like it was bright enough. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's also linked to your role in the city then? Like there, maybe you were younger, walking around the streets with your parents around. I'm imagining. Yeah. Mm. Nope. <laughs> or yeah. maybe, like yeah. maybe, yeah. like maybe I'm mis misunderstanding. But like, mm. um, you know, definitely I was an adult <laughs> walking mm. around on my own huh? <laughs> in Toronto. Yeah. Like you know, I, I moved here about six, seven years ago. Mm. Uh, but prior to that, I was in Toronto. Uh, mm. But I mean, it's possible that my eyes were better at that point because I never felt like I had an issue with. The night mm -hmm. uh, I was always able to see quite clearly mm. um, but recently particularly in Stockholm and it, it could be a, be a result of my age uh, but I'm starting to feel like okay you know I can't see very like I can I can tell that my daughters can see uh -huh. stuff that I cannot see yeah um, so it's quite possible it's my own eyesight mm. but then I don't know if that light has an effect on it in terms of like does our perception of light diminish Mm -hmm. um, as we grow older and that's what I don't know mm -hmm. yeah we yeah. do change and we start to get less sensitive okay. to it yeah. as the age goes so it's also part of providing light for everyone to make sure that people who are older than the lighting designer who designed the street let's say yeah. also can see there because for me for example it could feel like yeah that's totally enough but then someone 50 years older would see much less light and it's interesting to be aware of that even though it's not very straightforward mm. so that is a thing okay yeah mm. that makes sense so it could just be me getting old <laughs> that could be basically what's happening yeah but, uh, streets should be for everyone not just for that's like, true you don't want to be ageist mm? yeah 100 percent. interesting there is also something that again was mentioned in the previous episode that we as humans start to not develop our dark eyesight in the darkness as we, with different generations, mm. live in cities. Mm. So it's also cities and it's lighting affecting our eyesight oh. on a deeper level, not just you as a person getting worse with how much you see, but also maybe your children, your grandchildren will see less when it's dark. Oh. And that's a bit scary. Yeah, that is a bit scary because mm. of light pollution, basically. Mm. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah, that is pretty scary. Now yeah. we're aware of it, we can work with that. That's true. People. Yeah, 100%. I will let you know the question from the previous yeah. guest. Yeah. What is your most profound memory of darkness? Mm, great question. Um, my most profound memory of darkness. 
I used to love the darkness because I always felt I had an advantage in it. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to play a lot, obviously, as children, and we used to have like a basement uh, in our home mm-hmm. where the lighting was poor. <laughs> and uh-huh. but even more particularly, like I mean, there was very little like sunlight coming in because it was the basement mm-hmm. and. So what we used to play is we used to turn off all the lights in the mm-hmm. in the basement, and then we would play either blindfold. So you stick a so even in the darkness you would put a blindfold over your eyes so you can't see a thing, mm-hmm. and then you try to catch you know your friends or yeah. your, your family or whatever. Uh-huh. Oh. Um, and we'd also play like similarly with little toy guns that can shoot things or little ninja stars that can shoot things, and mm-hmm. you know but you know different variations on the same theme of trying yeah. to catch somebody somehow. Mm-hmm. And I used to like thrive in that because I can see mm. everybody all the time. It didn't matter. My night vision then was a completely different uh, thing and topic. And mm-hmm. I was even you could stick a blindfold on me, and I can still kind of see through the blindfold and then see people. And wow, yeah. So like my memory of darkness was like, yeah, it's positive for me because I have a huge advantage because I can tell everybody else couldn't see me, or mm-hmm. and even people with my same skin color. Uh, you know, it's yeah. not like it was like the skin color, it was the camouflage. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, you know, similarly skinned, <laughs> toned mm-hmm. people as, as myself uh-huh. um, couldn't see me and I I can clearly see them. Yeah, so you're kind of cheating just by the fact that you... I was cheating, but it was a natural yeah. thing. It's yeah. not like I was taking steroids <laughs> to try to hit a ball. This was, <laughs> this was a natural <laughs> thing that occurred. It's like... I forgot Michael Phelps' web defeat, <laughs> so he can swim extra fast. Like this is like something you were born with, I think. And yeah, it felt really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you had this yeah, a superpower that you felt very proud. Yeah, of. if you can call it a superpower that did yeah. absolutely nothing to help people, then yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah no, so. it was your personal, just for yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like yeah, it never. Uh, I could never share it with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. so, yeah. Then they wouldn't want to play with you anymore, that game. That's or? actually true. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I I don't know if I was smart or stupid, but either way, I never told anybody. And, uh, smart. <laughs> yeah. So then nobody would know. Like, they yeah. would never know that I had that sort of advantage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so completely, I use that I use that to, uh, to obliterate them. <laughs> yeah. And now they know. Now, they, if they listen to it, they will know, but it's okay, I guess. I think, to be honest, I life. probably fessed up somewhere along the lines. I probably couldn't keep that to myself for years, so I'm sure true, true. somebody knows. Nice. Yeah. It's not yeah. a secret anymore. Yeah, exactly. Public. Yeah, precise. Yeah. yeah, think of sharing this. That was a cool story. Oh, yeah, yeah. no problem at all. Yeah, uh, do you want me to ask you? Like, what's, Do you have a memory of darkness? Uh-huh, that's interesting. Do I have a memory of darkness? Now I started to think in the, on the same line as you, Yeah. and when I was a child in Moscow, when... I would go to bed and my mother would go to her room. Yeah. It would get dark. And from my room, I could see two little lights that were shining from the corridor. Yeah. Because like the switch would have this little light when it's off. Yeah. To find it. Yeah, exactly. Know. Yeah. And I remember very clearly that I was scared of these two lights because they were two and they looked like eyes. And I felt like, okay, I need to combat it somehow so i did something in my head and i thought okay these eyes are of some creature that i'm a friend like it's my friend and then i kind of befriended these two scary lights because there's nothing actually scary about it so i I made it friendly eyes and now even when i come back home as a 
adult. Am I an adult? But You're older. an adult. <laughs> yeah. I, when I see it, I still feel like, oh, hey, it's like my, not a, not a friend, but something that I'm definitely not scared of, but feel like I want to see these two eyes. Like, hey, you're still there. That's cool. Wow, that sounds super sweet. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, I can totally see that. I, like, hmm. I remember, well, now that we're talking about these childhood things, I remember yeah. also, like, hmm. when I was growing up in Montreal and we grew up downtown, so, and we were in a lower-level apartment building downtown. Mm -hmm. So you can see the lights of, I can't even tell you what they were now, but sort of like, like you know, when a car passes by or a truck passes by, you can see the lights reflect along the wall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I used to be really scared of that, mm -hmm. uh, similar to you. And then it did become my friend as well. Mm -hmm. And and so the lights reflecting on the wall, it's like, oh, okay, there's whatever, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> you know, yeah. and then, like, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, it was something nice, you know, to illuminate the night, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's something about just noticing it and feeling like, okay, it's just a light. What can I do with that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I think it was, uh, it's a really nice feeling you described. And mm -hmm. I think I, I, maybe most kids have something similar yeah. that they can relate to. Probably. Yeah. Thank you for asking the question back. Oh, yeah, no problem at all. <laughs> like, if you want me to ask you more questions, I can. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so. It's good, it's good. But now you'll ask the question to the next guest. Right. So mine is not as profound as the person who asked me that profound question. Um, but it was something simple, which is, why would you choose to live in the city over the countryside? Mm. Like, what attracts you to the city? Well, that's a nice question. Mm. And it's also quite a general one, so everyone could respond to that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, but the other thing, yeah. too, is that you can even, um, you know, in, in case... They, they are attracted to the city, but if they're not and they prefer the countryside, then let's hear that too. Mm -hmm. What are your reasons? And yeah, I would love to hear what they think. Yeah, cool. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. Yeah, it was Thanks, a nice Sassy. conversation. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me and uh, I really appreciate it. Of course. And it was a really nice conversation. It's very casual and, mm -hmm. and easy to talk. I will link yeah. the site, the website, New to Sweden, to the descriptions. People can see. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And maybe even the LinkedIn yeah. page. Yeah. Thank you for being part of SCT for you. If you want to carry on the discussion, feel free to join for the next episode that will be coming out next Thursday. You can also follow the project on Instagram, Facebook, and Telegram. Enjoy a city for you.